The Anton Savage Show on News Talk. Now, if you uh, haven't heard it, the uh, big news of today is uh, well, it relates to TV programming. Yep, match of the day is going to be, to use a technical term, bad today. Now, there's a reason that match of the day is going to be bad today, and it takes a little bit of explanation, so bear with me. Suella Braverman, who is the UK Home Secretary, she has been uh, attempting to deal with immigration into the UK now for some time because they see it as a significant issue. Last year, for instance, 45,000 people arrived, uh, as they describe it, illegally on their shores. Now, this sounds like a big number. But it's 45,000 people into a population of 65 million, which is about 0.07 of 1%. So to put it in, in, in context closer to home, it's the same as a bus arriving to Galway, which doesn't sound that overwhelmingly uh, challenging to deal with. But nonetheless, the uh, British government has felt this is a significant issue and they need to deal with it. So this week, the UK Home Secretary uh, put out a video explaining their new policy. Our asylum system has been overwhelmed. We're now spending almost £7 million a day on hotels. Stopping the boats is one of the five promises the Prime Minister has made to the British people, and it's my top priority. That's why today I'm announcing a new illegal migration bill to do exactly that. The Prime Minister and I have been working flat out for months to bring this legislation to Parliament. This bill will mean that if you come here illegally, you will not be able to stay. You will be detained and removed to your home country if safe, or a safe third country like Rwanda. And she went on to lay out the countries that exemplified the types of places from which you could come to the UK. And she cited three. She said Ukraine, Afghanistan and Hong Kong. Now, setting aside Ukraine, where they are currently at war and Britain has a significant stake in that war, the two countries that the Home Secretary is okay with you coming from, one is Afghanistan, which Britain recently invaded, and the other is Hong Kong, which Britain ended up with after um, going to war to make sure that they could continue to sell opium to Chinese peasants, and then they stole Hong Kong to punish the Chinese for resisting the desire to not have British opium sold to Chinese peasants. So if you come from Afghanistan or Hong Kong, you're okay. If you come from anybody else or anywhere else, you're going to get flung out. But there is one element of it that I think is worth highlighting, which is to do with the words, if safe. This bill will mean that if you come here illegally, you will not be able to stay. You will be detained and removed to your home country if safe or a safe third country like Rwanda. So what that means is, if the British government knows that you have fled your country for reasons of persecution or personal uh, lack of safety, you will still be deported to sub-Saharan Africa. So if you are from one of those countries where they throw pe- gay people off a roof, or if you're from one of those uh, countries where if you're a woman and you have insufficiently covered your head and you get beaten in police custody, even if that is the case you're still getting deported to sub-Saharan Africa if you make it to the UK. Now, this, of course, is, to, I, I don't want to get too specific about it, but morally wrong. So into this situation enters the legendary six-yard box hatcher turned mild-mannered crisp salesman Gary Lineker, who said on Twitter, good heavens, this is beyond awful. Now, he's right. 
a lot of people then engaged with him and they said things uh, about whether or not he should be commenting. And he said, look, this is just an immeasurably cruel policy directed at the most vulnerable people in language that is not dissimilar to that used by Germany in the 1930s. And I'm out of order. Now, as to whether the the um, rounding up people and transporting them to specific areas so they can be held separate from your citizenry is redolent of Germany in the 1930s, you can make the decision on that. But the BBC decided that Gary Lineker can't present Match of the Day because he's now in breach of their guidelines. I assume they think that what'll happen is Barnsley will go 2-1 up and he'll launch into a Marxist rant about workers controlling the means of production. But either way, he's now not allowed to present Match of the Day. Which begs the question, what exactly are the guidelines that we, Gary, breached? So in amongst all of, because the BBC loves the guidelines, so there's a lot of them. But what they say about impartiality is they say, it does not, does not require absolute neutrality on every issue or detachment from fundamental democratic principles. The BBC is committed to reflecting a wide range of subject matter and perspective across an output over an appropriate time frame so that no significant strand of thought is underrepresented or omitted. They go on to say, we must always scrutinise arguments, question consensus and hold power to account with consistency and due impartiality. And they preface all of that. Bear with me. They preface all of that by saying due impartiality involves more than a simple matter of balance between opposing viewpoints. Why? Because stopwatch whataboutery, where you say, here's 60 seconds of you and 60 seconds of me, creates an unreal duality. When the American government wanted to cripple CBS News after they went up against the Red Scare and McCarthyism, what they threatened was stopwatch impartiality, because it renders you incapable of reflecting moral truths, because you're so worried about making sure that everybody, regardless of the fatuousness of their point, gets equal time. So if the BBC felt that Lineker had gone too far in his analysis of what is morally right and morally wrong, they can, by their own words, reflect perspectives across the output as a whole and over an appropriate time frame. In other words, they can say to Suella Braverman, if you disagree, feel free to come on and voice your disagreement. We will give you airtime. Same way I can say that now. If the Home Secretary happens to be listening, I believe she's a huge fan, she can come on and point out to me how I'm wrong and what it is that I'm saying. But even... Even if they thought Gary Lineker had gone too far, we do need to keep some perspective. What do they employ Gary Lineker to do? To talk about football. He's not David Dimbleby. Now, this is exactly what the former director general of the BBC has said. He has said that Lineker's football commentary is what he's about. He's not a current affairs broadcaster and therefore they shouldn't even be considering that. So what the BBC has managed to do simultaneously is paint themselves into a corner, raise questions about their political independence and wreck match of the day, which apparently fixes everything. Good news is off the ball is still on, so if you don't want to watch match of the day, you can listen to the lads. <laughs> and with us is Jerry Gilroy. Jerry, have I got it wrong? Oh, Anton, that's great stuff. Um, excellent knowledge on the opium wars between China and England. I didn't know all that stuff. Um, I don't think you've got any of that wrong, and I think it's really interesting to see just how much of a picture they've painted themselves into. Uh, there's a little bit of extra context to this as well. A row has erupted about Sir David Attenborough who has made a six-part series about the islands of uh, Britain and Ireland. And one of the episodes, apparently, is about uh, rewilding. This is very controversial, and so that episode won't be broadcast on TV. It's going to be exclusively available on the player. Um, and then on Question Time the other night, um, uh, a piece came up about Boris Johnson's father, who had been nominated for a knighthood, apparently, by Boris Johnson. 
and who was involved in a domestic abuse incident, which um, Fiona Bruce had to clarify, it was only once. And his friend said it didn't happen again. So there's like been a slew of controversies that have erupted over the last two and a half days, which suggests that it is an organisation in chaos at the moment. And what of then match of the day? Because not only did Gary Lineker, not only has the BBC, and Lineker has made it clear, this was not by mutual consent. The BBC has said, Gary, you ain't getting a match of the day until you effectively come to heel and give us a guarantee that you won't express opinions like this again. The lads have unionised. Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, (laughs) who would have thought that it would be the Tories who bring back the power of the unions? Uh, So immediately we saw several of his colleagues to say, say that they wouldn't uh, take part in the show. Um, so Alan Shearer followed. Alex Scott followed. Alex Scott has been kind of groomed as his natural successor. She's going to be the presenter in the next couple of years. And it's a big big decision for her to say, I'm not going to do it. But in fairness, she did. Uh, Ian Wright was obviously quick off the mark as well. And then it became clear that nobody was going to do it. Uh, and then, uh, and, uh, again, sometimes commentators, you you know, they're a particular brand of, of people um, sometimes. And they, they all decided together that they weren't going to do it either. So there's a thing called the world feed where a bunch of people sit in a studio and commentate. And if anybody has ever illegally streamed stuff, that's generally the, the um, feed that you'd be getting is um, off tube uh, done by Premier League Productions, which is um, you know a, a, a joint venture between the Premier League and um, IMG. And that's the commentary that you're going to hear tonight with just highlights and no analysis. If you're a betting man, do you see Gary Lineker returning? Oof, that's a good question. Um, like, how do they not let him come back after this, in a way, right? Because if if he's finished now, then we know full bore that the BBC is just the lapdog of the Tory government. Now, it should be pointed out as well that their current chairman was appointed by Boris Johnson, having helped facilitate an £800,000 loan for Boris Johnson. I'm sure these two things are completely unconnected, but it does raise questions about the independence of the chairman of the BBC, who, let's, let's face it, would have been centrally involved in decisions like their star presenter not presenting, because you know it's going to be an absolutely massive scandal. And if you don't know it's going to be a massive scandal, then you're not, you know, you're not qualified to do your job. So either way, um, they haven't anticipated this. If, if they don't let him go back, then it's clear that the organisation is compromised. If they do let him go back, they risk their funding, and they risk a backlash from Suella Braverman, who, you know, let's face it, seems to be uh, vicious enough to take this personally. So uh, it's a difficult, a very difficult situation for them. Um, my instinct is that they're going to have to let him back, that there'll be a, some kind of rapprochement between them because he's so high profile and so important to the brand of Match of the Day. And he, he's actually given up his, um, his, he used to work for BT Sport, but he'd stopped doing that. So, you know, he's less busy. Uh, I don't know. I, it's it's very tricky. It's going to be an interesting one to watch, Ger. Thank you very much. That is Ger Gilroy from Off the Ball. We're also joined by Roy Greenslade, who is a media analyst, commentator, a journalist himself, and former professor of journalism. Has the Beeb painted itself into a corner, Roy? Oh, it sure has. It's now got the worst of all worlds. Uh, I think they've actually um, given uh, Mr. Lineker almost carte blanche to say as he likes in future um, by handling it so badly. Look, his, his tweet was quite nuanced, and the response of the BBC has been anything but. They've accepted the interpretation put on it by Suella Braverman and other right-wing commentators, 
uh, that it that it mentioned Nazis and so on, which it didn't. It spoke about the language. So it was very clever, the tweet, uh, but making a very good point. And uh, I, I, with which, by the way, I concur. So let me not be impartial about an, a partial tweet. I agree with it. But uh, that's really not the point. I think the BBC have got themselves into a very, very silly situation here. Um, and the problem is not handling their own guidelines properly. So they say that he broke the guidelines, which, which, by the way, he may well have done. But think back to Lord Sugar, another BBC presenter, who criticised in the most trenchant terms Jeremy Corbyn during the election which Corbyn fought. Uh, nothing was done about that. And we have a BBC chairman who facilitated a, an £800,000 loan for the then Prime Minister Boris Johnson he remains in post while he's investigated. Why didn't they leave uh, Gary Lineker in post while he was investigated? I'm afraid they really, really got themselves into a muddle here. The bit that I don't understand in this, Roy, is that if you look at the broadcasting impartiality guidelines of the Broadcasting Authority of Ireland's case in point, which was formed out of what were originally the RT Authority's guidelines, if you look at the BBC's guidelines, if you look at guidelines around the world... They almost all are rooted in a principle that impartiality is something that is created over a period of time. That if you feel that one show or one broadcaster has lent too hard in the other direction, you give right of reply and you give a, a plurality of views. Why would they feel the need to say one tweet requires the immediate removal of the tweeter rather than giving right of reply to Suella Braverman? Well, I think uh, the answer has to be that they were responding in this sense to the government and the government are the paymasters of the BBC in the sense that they set the licence fee, they uh, uh, appoint the chairman and you'd have to say here that it's an example where the BBC is not free and the director general, aware of that, has reacted to that criticism because you're quite right, he... I, I think he was chancing his arm. I think he knew he was chancing his arm. But I've listened to him uh, carefully, and he says that every time he puts out a tweet, he rereads it, he does it calmly, he doesn't do it in haste, and thinks about it. And I think what's happened here is that the BBC have reacted without calmness uh, and in response to pressure from the government, and that will reflect badly. I think this could end up not with Gary Lineker being sacked, but it could end up with the removal of the Director General, um, something that uh, uh, I, I think there's going to be pressure on uh, as we move on through the week. Roy, thank you. That's Roy Greenslade, a journalist himself, former professor of journalist and journalism and, of course, a, a media analyst. The Anton Savage Show, Saturday morning at 9 on News Talk.